All right, so here we go. Starting a new on my new home for podcasting, which is uh, the Podbean podcast. We're going to see how this goes and where this actually ends up. Um, turns out that I, I do have to re-record last week's episode because it did not convert from my former home to this home, which kind of sucks. But sometimes to do better, you've just got to start over. So what am I going to talk about today? Well, it turns out it's going to be the same thing I talked about last week. And that's QAnon. Uh, Ted, Rafael Cruz. And then also get my final thought. The main reason I want to talk about QAnon this week, as a repeat from last week, uh, is just because of how deeply seated into the government that it has become, and even more so the government, the Republican Party. Uh, this little organization has completely taken over the Republican Party, so much to the point that in a change from last week, and an update from last week, QAnon is firmly in the House now to where they're forming a brand new caucus to advance the the ideas of the Aryan race. And I'll get into that uh, once I actually start that segment. And then with uh, Ted Cruz, of course, everything the man does is just a complete travesty and idiocy. And sometimes I, you know, I just got to wonder if he's doing this to purposely troll the nation or if he thinks what he's doing is actually good and honest. I don't think so. I think he's honestly a troll. Uh, but we'll get into that. And then my th- final thought will be about the state of education. Mostly the state of education in my home state of Oklahoma. So sit back and let's enjoy this together. All right. And, and right off the bat, this is one of the reasons why I'm looking at doing this just on my computer so I can edit it as I go. And, and you know, to the point where I don't have to like completely delete a segment if I forget something, because I did forget something in my intro, and, and that is that all my episodes up to tonight, um, I don't know if this one will switch over, we'll find out, uh, have already been um, uploaded into Podbean, uh, so that's awesome that I don't have to restart everything to get going, um, but on with that, and I'm sorry for that smack if you heard it. QAnon. Now, I started uh, a documentary on Netflix about QAnon, and something interesting was stated on that on that documentary that I was actually incorrect on, um, and that was when QAnon actually started. Now, I I thought QAnon had been with us for years leading up to the 2016 election. Uh, But I found out through this documentary that it didn't actually start as Q. It didn't become known as Q until uh, around 2017. Now, before 2017, um, all of the conspiracies and the insanity that became Q, it's been around for years. It just finally gained a home known as QAnon 
in 2017. And I'm not going uh, to get into uh, the founding of it and all that because it it simply doesn't matter. Uh, But QAnon, one of their, their main things is is a fight by the far right in the United States against mostly Democrats who they say are all uh, child sex trafficking uh, devil worshippers and cannibals as well. Cannibalistic pedophiles, I might add. And now that that alone, just just that that statement alone about where their core is. Honestly, I, I I would think that that would, you know, keep a lot of people away, and, and for the most part it has, but it, it, it's gotten millions of followers since it first showed up. Um, and this goes to something that I'm going to talk about here shortly about QAnon, and that is how they were able to convince millions of people to follow them. And you, you will notice that I continually say they. Uh, there's a lot of conspiracies, oddly enough, about QAnon. Who exactly Q is? Because Q obviously stands for Q Anonymous. Uh, most people believe that Q is a single person, and the range of people they think it is is, is an amazing list of people. A lot of Democrats, oddly enough, even though they think all Democrats are Satan-worshipping, cannibalistic pedophiles that run sex-trafficking child rings. Um, I don't believe it's one person. I I believe that it is a group of people uh, that are running this show. And and what I will say is, uh, full credit to them, that they've been doing this since 2017, and we still don't know who they or he or she is. And that's hard to do in in 2021, in the 2021 world, where all the information we could ever imagine needing is literally at at our fingertips. But they are huge defenders of Donald Trump. Um, Again, sorry, I didn't mention his name. The former guy. They're huge fans of the former guy. And believe that he alone is going to save the United States. Now, save the United States from what? It depends on who you talk to who fully believes in QAnon. One of the funny things I saw that was actually uh, in uh, the documentary that I was watching uh, was a couple who professed to voting for Obama two times because I thought it was really cool to put the first black man in the White House and then somehow decided to put an avid, an avid racist in right behind him. I, 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 I can't follow that logic. I'm not even going to try. Uh, but one of the things they said that when they first started looking into QAnon is that QAnon told them to question everything, which, of course, would leave most sane thing, uh, sane thinking people believing, well, if they're telling you to question everything, doesn't mean that you should also question QAnon. 
but apparently for the people who believe in the Q, they they don't have to. Um, that that's not part of the question. Everything. So what they actually mean by that quote is question everything else. Don't question anything you see with QAnon. And, and really, where this all started was just someone who was professing to be deep underground within the Washington establishment, sending out all these communiques. And here's, here's the thing. They were predicting all these things that were going to happen. And people, you, you can go to YouTube. I'm not doing it. You can go to YouTube and find all sorts of videos of people trying to figure out what they were predicting. Every single one of the QAnon predictions has absolutely been false. Not a single one has come true. And that's one of the main issues you come to when you start talking about conspiracy theories, which is all what QAnon is. It's conspiracy theories. Now, conspiracy theories may have a grain of truth to them. And when I'm talking grain, I'm talking about a, a, a single sand grain. Very small, microscopic almost. But it doesn't mean that the whole truth is back there. It is is there for you just to look at and be able to see it and know that that's it. That That's what's going to happen. They, they've predicted now three times uh, since... Uh, January 6th, uh, when they actually revolted against our country. But they predicted three times since then that Donald Trump was going to become president again. And all three of those times have come and gone. And he's still not the president yet again. But I'm going to go more in depth on that into my next segment. Why people are so gullible and are falling for all this. Stay with me. So, how did QAnon, or Q, get millions of seemingly logically thinking Americans, millions of Americans, follow them, following them, following this organization? And it all comes back to conspiracy theories. Um, because when we look at where QAnon started, it started on 4chan, which became 8chan, which if we if we go the way of the Xbox and, and the PlayStation and all that, and it's eventually there's going to be a 16th chan and then a 32 chan and then a 64 chan and then a chan 1. Um, and I'm, I'm just being sarcastic. Um, so it came from websites, 4chan and 8chan, that were heavily... Oddly enough, racist, and here's where the oddly enough part comes in, a basically a free website that men and women of age could go and look at images of child porn if they wanted to. Yet it was the Democrats who were doing all this. But that's neither here nor there to them. Because as we'll see with Q and the former guy and his cult, is everything is about projection. Putting what putting what you actually do onto someone else. Matt Gates is a perfect example. 
But what this all comes back to in the end is conspiracy theories. Now, I will admit, my forecasters, that when I was younger, um, upper teens, uh, younger 20s, maybe up to my, my mid to possibly upper 20s, I, I was someone who did believe in a lot of conspiracy theories. Um, I definitely believed at one point that there were aliens that were regularly coming down to Earth. Um, yes, I used to watch the ancient um, alien show on the History Channel. History Channel, that's a totally different topic. Um, I, for the longest time, believed that there were more than one shooter uh, that killed JFK. I also believed for the longest time, even after Timothy McVeigh, and the conspiracy that it was someone else. It was an actual group of people uh, that perpetrated the Oklahoma City bombing. But something strange happened as I grew up. I matured a little bit, and I realized that a lot of a lot of the conspiracies that I was believing in were bull. And here's why they're bull. I, I said it in my previous segment. That most conspiracies have a grain of truth to them. But it's a very small grain. And then what happens with a conspiracy theory. Is whoever's pushing that theory. Basically tells you. What you want to hear. That way you are much more susceptible to believing in that conspiracy theory. You believe that there were more than there was more than one shooter. Uh, that killed JFK. There's plenty of conspiracies out there that tell you that there were. Uh, you don't believe that anyone has ever landed on the moon. There are plenty of conspiracy theories out there that tell you that, of course, we never landed on the moon. You believe that 9-11 was an inside job by the Bush administration to bolster his popularity. Plenty of conspiracies out there to tell you that you're right. And then one of my favorites... You don't believe that the earth is round. You believe, in fact, that it is flat. There's plenty of conspiracies out there to tell you that, of course, the world is flat. And here's the thing with conspiracies. That small grain of truth with the JFK assassination, there's no way to some people that someone who was not that skilled at sharpshooting should have been able to pull off three shots that killed JFK and the person of Lee Harvey Oswald. There is a grain of truth to that, that he was, in fact, not a great sharpshooter. But it doesn't always take someone who is perfect at doing something to pull off a crime. There is a grain of truth that there were some questions, some issues about 9-11. But nothing major enough to suggest that it was an inside job. As far as the world being flat, it's just, it, it comes from people's perspectives. When they look out at the world, they see nothing but flatness. Even though the world is curved because you don't see that flatness because of the curve is such a huge curve. You're going to have to be high up to be able to see that curve. 
And, and of, of course, with the, the flat earth thing, no one's ever been able to answer what happens when you get to the edge. Supposedly, you know, there's this big ice wall that you can't climb up or get over or get past. But they can't answer other questions. Well, how can someone going from New York go to L.A., go to Beijing, go to London, and then go back to New York? And in flat earth, you shouldn't be able to do that. That's here. That's neither here nor there. Sorry, I went off on that little tangent. But that's what QAnon fully develops itself on, fully pushes out there, are just these small bits of things that possibly could be true. And then they blow it all out of portion. The, the one I remember the most, and this wasn't actually QAnon, but this is something that they took into QAnon, uh, was in 2016, possibly early 2017. Um, oh, I'm, I'm actually looking right now. It was October two, 2017. It was called Pizzagate. No, Pizzagate came before. Sorry. Uh, if we all remember Pizzagate, this was the conspiracy that Hillary Clinton was running a pedof- uh, pedophilia sex trafficking ring from the basement of a pizzeria. Uh, known as um, Comet Pizza, which is outside of Washington, D.C. But it was believed that she and several other high people in Washington were running a sex ring out of the basement of that place. People believe this so much that a man took it into his own hands to go shoot up the place to end that that sex ring. Here's the only problem. Here's where the grain of truth is. Yes, there is a comet pizza. There's no basement to that place. Never was. But it doesn't matter because people wanted to believe that about Hillary Clinton. So it didn't matter to them that there wasn't a basement in this place. They knew it was true. Q keeps telling us that all these people have been arrested. Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, uh, Barack Obama, Michelle Obama. They've all been arrested. They're no longer around. Even though our eyes tell us that they are. And that's what Q lives off of. I mean, honestly, if I didn't know any, any better, this is someone who is running a very long... Sorry, that's my ESPN on my phone is running a very long con job on millions of people in the United States. Because it's, it's really hard for me to believe that someone is pushing all this out and fully believes everything they're pushing out. So, I, I'd really hope, hoped that on January 6th, when, when all this happened, uh, when they burst through the Capitol... And we're still dealing with that to this day. As several members of Congress and Senate are, are still in office, even though they, it looks like they were fully involved with the storming of the Capitol. We're just going to have to see where Q goes. Because their great savior, the former, uh, former guy, he's not coming back in office anytime soon. And definitely not in 2024. Um, that little cabal is over, hopefully. 
Uh, it's just a bunch of sad, gullible, stupid people. And yes, that is meant to offend. I, I don't have any time for any of these people that adhere to the QAnon crap. Trying to cure my language because this is a clean podcast, but it is pure crap. And that so many people have fallen into the trap, and, and I can happily say that none of my family has fallen into the Q trap. But that's what you got to do with conspiracy theories. You have to look at it with a sane and logical mind. If anything in a conspiracy theory that is being pushed doesn't make a lick of sense, then the whole thing is bubkus, is wrong. Leading right into the COVID vac- uh, vaccine, that people are convinced uh, that it's all part of Bill Gates' efforts to put tracking chips into everyone. You know, despite the fact that a lot of people who are pushing those theories on Facebook and Twitter are using phones to track their every move. So, I guess when I, when I planned on doing this kid on uh, double segment, I thought I was going to get a lot angrier uh, as I was talking about them. But as I've found as I've done this, is I actually feel sorry for them because they are so gullible and stupid. All right, next up, Ted Cruz. Yay. So it does appear that I was uh, able to do some editing and get last week's podcast uh, integrated into this week's podcast. So you're actually going to hear some things from, pardon me for the phone interruption, uh, some things from last week's episode into this week's episode, which is why uh, at the beginning of the first QAnon segment, you hear me talking about some of the issues I was having. Um, making my episode last time when I would make some uh, uh, mistakes and have to redo them. Uh, But anyways, uh, here I am with myself into a fourth segment uh, with uh, QAnon, and that's only because of a a new caucus that has been formed uh, in the House. And I'm just uh, bringing up that information uh, because I want to make sure that I get it correct. Um... Specifically, the four people who are involved in this new caucus. I think it's up to five, actually. Um, you may have heard of this, you may not have. Uh, but Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, fun-loving Marjorie, uh, who is best known uh, before coming to the House uh, to going after uh, victims of a mass shooting as they were in Washington and claimed to their faces that they were actors and that it never happened. Uh, she did get herself elected to the House because she was really the only person who ran in that particular district. Uh, so we have Marjorie Taylor Greene, Louis Gohmert, uh, who uh, is from Texas. I, I, I really can't ex- explain uh, Louis Gohmert uh, well enough to make you understand about who this person really is, just how disgusting he is. Uh, Paul Gosser, who I believe is also from Texas, 
uh, who is now claiming that there was no insurrection on January 6th. We all know that's uh, not true. Uh, Barry Moore, uh, I don't know much about him. And then Matt Gates uh, has also signed on to this new caucus. Uh, I, I guess he's just trying to keep himself relevant while he's facing uh, these charges of, you know, trafficking minors for sex. Uh, but they formed uh, this new caucus in Congress. They're calling it America First. Uh, sorry, the America First Caucus. And its main goals uh, is a call for common respect for uniquely Anglo-Saxon political condition traditions. And also, in a weird twist, a return to architectural style that befits the progeny of European architecture. To put this a little bit more simply for you, uh, they have literally formed a whites-only and first caucus. Uh, she hasn't joined yet, uh, but you can expect Lauren Kubert uh, uh, to join probably really soon. Uh, this is just... Sorry for that interruption. I, I don't know why the mowers are out at 9.40 on a Saturday morning. My apologies for that. Um, we're going to see how far this goes and how many members join. I mean, honestly, I think quite a few of the House members will probably join this on the Republican side. Uh, this all goes back to QAnon. Uh, these are people who are deeply entrenched in QAnon uh, and pushing white values over every other value, uh, every other race. Um, and uh, sorry for that interruption again. Hopefully they have... The mowers have moved on a little further. Um, I don't remember what my thought on was this. Uh, but uh, here's the thing for me. This is going to grow as a caucus. There are going to be many members who join this from the Republican Party because QAnon and the far right have taken over the Republican Party. And they are going to do their utmost to try to disrupt the House proceedings as much as possible. They've already done this. Uh, this is uh, why uh, Marjorie is no longer on any committees. Uh, because that's that's all they do. That's all they know is disrupt, disrupt, disrupt. Um, so we'll see how this plays out. Uh, it's going to make the 2022 election, midterm election, very interesting. Uh, but I just wanted to add that in to this segment uh, to get that on record as to what happened this week. Uh, and now, uh, like I said previously, we're going to move on to my favorite topic, Ted Cruz. So, Ted, Rafael Cruz, you know, I, I, I thought this might be kind of a short segment uh, because I was just going to focus on one thing. And then I went on Twitter actually trying to find that one thing. Uh, and it turns out that that um, as it turned out, like I mentioned at the very beginning, that this man is a gold mine for just stupidity in action. Now, we all remember uh, when Texas was in a deep freeze and had ice storms and snowstorms and millions of Texans had lost power. And during all of that, uh, Rafael Cruz's top priority was taking his family to Cancun. 
Oh, funnily enough, funnily enough, funnily? I don't know if that's a word. Um, but funny enough, when he was leaving to go to Cancun, he was wearing a regular face mask. Because apparently he didn't think anyone would know that he was actually leaving. And then, of course, he got caught and had to come back the very next day, which his camp or, uh, claimed that this was the plan the entire time, which is just idiotic to even try to push that out. But coming back, he suddenly had a mask on that had the Texas state flag on it. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, so his priority when millions of Texans were freezing and many were dying because they had no uh, electricity, they had no heat, his priority was to go to Mexico. Well, it just so happens this week he, he tweeted out in response uh, to Vice President Harris uh, going into a, 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 a kind of like a candy shop and getting some candy from a local uh, store. Uh, and that the press secretary had to answer that question. And says, well, you know, sometimes the vice president does deserve a snack. And Ted Dumbass Cruz tweeted out priorities. I, I guess as, as, as his way of slamming uh, Vice President Harris for daring to go into a local business to get a, to get a, a, a treat for herself. Again, I, this is just me, but guy leaving his state to go spend some days in Texas or in Mexico while his constituents uh, uh, are dying of, of freezing cold, or Vice President Harris going into a local store uh, to get treats. I think I'll take Harris on this one. You know, that's where I thought this was going to stop, and I could just kind of uh, a free base off, off uh, that was not a good word, uh, freelance off of that uh, for a couple of minutes. Uh, but then again, uh, I started looking at his Twitter feed today, and, and, you know, as my brother Will stated on his Twitter uh, this week, that Ted Rafael Cruz has turned into nothing more than a Twitter troll. He's not even a U.S. senator at this point. Uh, some of the things that he puts on Twitter, um, you know, he keeps uh, calling migrants that are coming into the United States as illegal aliens. And, you know, again, human beings aren't aliens and they're not illegal. Illegal alien is a racist term, but he thinks it's fine to use that. Uh, he also talks about Biden's uh, action this week because Congress clearly is never going to do anything to try to stop or at least curtail. You're not going to be able to fully stop it, uh, but at least curtail, you know, the mass shootings that have just gone rampant over the last few weeks. And he, he takes to Twitter and says the Democrats are doing everything they can in their power to take away your right and his right to own a gun. And sorry, Ted Liar Cruz, that's not what's happening. Uh, I, I mean, you can put that out there because your your moronic followers will believe that because they'll believe anything. But that's never been the goal of anyone who champions uh, safe gun laws. It's not. It's never been about 
taking the guns out of anyone's hands. It's about preventing the guns going into the hands of those who are going to use it for the worst possible reasons. And here's the thing. One of the myths, one of the conspiracies that comes out of this is, well, the gangs, code word for black, and criminals, then they don't follow the law anyway, so they're going to get those guns. Well, here's the thing about that. All these mass shootings that have happened in the last 20 years or so uh, since the, the assault rifle ban uh, went away. None of these mass shootings in the United States has ever been perpetrated by a gang or a quote-unquote criminal because criminal is never defined. But most of these mass shootings that have happened have occurred by people who have legally bought these weapons. And of course, uh, Ted Cruz has decided to stand behind Joe Rogan, who is just about the biggest POS out there currently. And he always has been. It's just, he's just a, a, an ugly, nasty human being. And Ted Cruz has decided to support him and, and back him up. So, it, it's, it's just an amazing thing that he keeps pushing this. And, uh, of course, you know, the, the master started this week and uh, some people did show up to protest the new Georgia voting laws that were passed. And he was happy to retweet the fact that only dozens showed up to protest. You know, protests don't always start large, Raphael. Sometimes they do start small. Um. He, and this is why I'm kind of trying to make this a weekly thing because he never fails to trip over himself to insult or attack someone. And let's, let's be straight about this. He never really did this until he saw the former guy get away with it and get elected president. Um, he's always had a nasty reputation. He, he's one of the most hated, yes, hated senators in the Senate. But he was never ugly or nasty about it until he got beat down in the presidential election of 2016 and lost to the former guy. And he saw that, hey, you can insult people. You can make fun of people. You can publicly mock people. And people will support you. Because, you know, he's gearing up for 2024. And he is going to play 2024 as nasty as possible because he's already started it. So Ted Rafael Cruz, the segment is for you. Stay tuned. And now for my final thought. Uh, as you all know who listen, I am a teacher. And uh, this past week and this week, we are going through state testing. Now, this is one of the decisions that I can say without a doubt that I completely disagree with President Biden 
um, and the Secretary of Education on. You know, we went last year without state testing uh, for a very uh, good reason because of the pandemic. And this year should have been the same because we are still in the pandemic. Uh, most kids around the country have probably only been in school uh, since February or March. Uh, and to gauge where they are uh, through two years of a pandemic is it's not right. It's not it's not a good thought process. Because we're not going to know truly where they are based on the state testing that we're about to go through. And my fear, especially in Oklahoma with Governor Stitt, is that he is going to use this information to punish larger, uh, more diverse school districts in the state, mine included, because the scores are just not going to be good. And it's not the fault of the teachers, and it's certainly not the fault of the students. But that's the way Republicans work. Uh, They want to see information. They want to see the information they want to see to help push their cause. And right now, Governor Stitt's cause is to hurt public education as much as he can and destroy it if he can. And he is going to use the information that comes from the state testing to probably take a lot of funding away from the two largest school districts in the state, uh, Tulsa and Oklahoma City, which are it isn't right. But as long as we have a state uh, populace who agrees with this and agrees with his policies, we're going to keep seeing it. Because he's not going to take one moment out of his time to actually come into any of these schools in Tulsa or Oklahoma City to see what the teachers are actually trying to do for these kids. He he simply doesn't care. He is an uncaring political zealot who believes that the true path for kids to succeed in school is through private schools. There's no proof of that. It's another conspiracy. It's another mystifying belief that has no basis in fact in it. Because here's the truth about private schools. Besides many of them being affiliated through a religion, many of them don't follow any sort of curriculum that actually helps students advance. And while you can argue with uh, TPS and OKCPS that we may not be following the right one, at least we're trying. You know, I, I teach fifth grade and I've got many fifth graders who are who struggle to read on a third grade level, let alone a fifth grade level. But we are expected 
to go into that classroom every day and do everything we can to get them up to the fifth grade level. Uh, the major complaint that I've had this, this school year is that they've doubled and in, in many cases tripled and quadrupled the teacher workload. But they expect us to work for the same pay. And let me rephrase that. They don't expect us to work at the same pay. We are working for the same pay for doing much more work. I've worked more in this school year than I have in any year of my life teaching. And I'm teaching basically the same stuff. But it's all the stuff surrounding it. You know, one of the biggest complaints among teachers is that, yes, it is good that we are doing everything we can to make sure that our, our students feel safe in our school and that they feel loved and they feel seen and they feel heard and that they're given their opportunity to express those feelings, to take those brain breaks as they are, take moments to take care of themselves. And we've gone through a lot of training to do that. But then when it comes to teacher self-care, basically the, the instructions that we've gotten this entire school year is take some time out to take care of yourself. But we're not given any time to take care of ourselves. You know, at TPS, uh, when the school year started, Wednesday was, was known as the fifth day or the virtual day. It was going to be the day that no matter what happened, it was the day that students would not be in the building. And originally set forth, it was a day that no one was supposed to be in the building because that was the day that schools were being deep cleaned. But somewhere along the way, it was decided not to do that at all. Still, students aren't coming into the building. But I'm in PD most of the day. And and, and for those uh, um, not in the know, that's professional development. And you know, I don't mind professional development. But give me some PD that's worthwhile. That's worth the time. That makes sense in the situation we're in. And instead of reteaching the stuff that we've already learned. You know, I don't mind. I've never minded getting new information. If there's a better way to teach this, absolutely teach me how to do it. But don't give me stuff that I already know. And act like it's something new. Because it's not something new. It's it's the same old stuff just repackaged. And I say that as an irritated and, and tired teacher. You know, we've got 36 days left in school, I believe. And it's going to be a rough road to hoe. We finish with the state testing. Uh, then we have map testing. And then we have another form of testing. I, I don't mind testing at all. Or use the correct term, her, uh, time, uh, term here. Assessments. I, I don't mind doing that. It does give me some insight on where the students are at the moment. And that's the way that I've always used it. But that's not the way that the higher-ups use it. And this all started with No Child Left Behind, which actually found a way to punish teachers if their students weren't 
excelling on test. Now, here, here's the big secret that a lot of people, especially politicians, don't want you to know, is that a lot of tests that are out there are biased. You know, white kids in the suburbs will be able to take these tests and do well on them. Because a lot of the questions that are on the test are stuff that they've experienced. But you go into the city, you go into the urban areas, you go into areas where uh, the school body is a lot more diverse. And a lot of those situations are situations these kids have never seen before. The first unit that I, I taught out of last year was all about this boy and a horse that he rode for the summer. It was a good story. I enjoyed the story. But most of my kids had never ridden on a horse in a day in their lives, so they had no connection to it. But, you know, even if you take the bias out of it, there's a lot of kids who, and a, a lot of adults, I might add, that you put a test in front of them, they are going to freak out. They're going to freeze up. You can take an A student, give them a test, and if they are not a good test taker, they can bomb that test, even though they can do everything else in class that they're supposed to do that comes naturally to them. But you put the pressure of a test on them, and they struggle. And that's not the fault of the student. It's not the fault of the adults. And it certainly is not the fault of the teachers. I am at this point thinking about what next year is going to be like. It's, it's going to be interesting. I hope we get back to some form of normalcy. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see what the testing shows us and how that might hurt my school district in ways that politicians, especially Governor Stitt, can, can't even imagine or hope for. But as I keep saying, there's light at the end of the tunnel, ladies and gentlemen. This pandemic seems to be coming to an end, for better or for worse. Stay uh, safe out there. Continue to stay six feet apart as long as we're being told to by the scientist. Keep wearing your mask as long as we're told that it's the best thing to do. And keep your heads up. We're getting there. Have a good night, ladies and gentlemen and forecasters, and uh, happy trails. So I just want to add an addendum uh, to my final thought. It actually has nothing to do with the, the final thoughts that you just heard. It, it's... Just as I move uh, from Anchor uh, to, to BeamPod, did I call that right? See, I'm still learning about it. Podbean. See, I got it backwards. As I move uh, to Podbean, um, here for a while, it, it, it's going to, and I'll even in, incorporate uh, what you're probably hearing in the background into my final, final thought is, why do they mow so early in the freaking morning on a weekend? I, I don't know who came up with that. I, I can't, honestly, I can't wait for the, the guys to come around and, and weed eat because that, that's even louder than the mowing. Um, but as I work through this, because, yeah, I'm doing most of the legwork on this, 
well, myself, instead of having uh, uh, Anchor do do all the work for me, I'm, I'm having to do all the splicing and editing and putting things in the right spot, making sure there's spaces so uh, segments don't overlap. And of course, uh, hopefully beginning next week, I'll be doing this all on my own, so I'm not having to, to splice old episodes into new episodes. But this is going to be a process, and I, I just ask my listeners, uh, my faithful uh, forecasters out there, you know, just to, you know, give me patience on this. Uh, this is going to be a process for me uh, doing this, but I'm looking forward to it. I have a little bit more control over what my podcast sounds like. Uh, one thing, until I actually get it figured out, uh, you're not going to hear, um, and with the mower, I keep losing my train of thought, so I apologize for that, but it's going to be a process. I, I do think my, oh, there it is. Uh, the background music. I, I think I know how to do it, how to, to get it incorporated in. Uh, but for now, I'm not going to. Um, we'll just see how it goes. Um, but again, I do thank you for following me over uh, to BeanPod. There's a PodBean. See, I, I'm, I'm going to get PodBean. Uh, so with that final, final thought, I wish you all well. I uh, hope to hear, f- uh, hope you join me next week. This is... The Press Forecast, Michael Hendricks, signing off.